because he's good and his mercies endure forever. Let's continue to bless him because he's good and indeed his mercies endure forever. Say, Lord, you are good. Goodness is your nature. It endures in our lives. Your mercy is over us. Your mercy is over our land. Your mercy is over our lives. Your mercy is over our families. Lord, we thank you. Your mercy is over your church. A revival is coming. Your revival is on in the name of Jesus. Let's continue to magnify him. Let's magnify him again. Let's magnify him again. Our Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's declare the word of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It's giving me life and direction. It's healing me in every area. More and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Wisdom is coming to you in the name of Jesus. Insight is coming to you in the name of Jesus. God is giving you direction. He's making things clear to you. He's giving you confidence in the time of troubles. He's shutting down every voice of accusation. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. So you shake somebody on your left and your right. Tell the person it is well with you. Bless somebody. I want us to preach for a few minutes. Grab somebody and preach. Grab somebody and preach. Tell the person it is well with you in the name of Jesus. Now God is blessing you. God is helping you. God is helping you. Is leading you in the path of righteousness for his own name's sake. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not fear any evil. For the Lord is with you. Preach to somebody. I didn't say listen to me. Why are you listening to me? <laughs> exactly. God will give you a revelation for somebody. I said grab somebody and bless somebody. There's somebody God is giving you breakthrough. He's settling you on every side. He's breaking every bondage out of your life. Declare to somebody, no evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so has the Lord surrounded you. He has surrounded you with favor as with a shield. The favor of God is upon you and is protecting you like a shield. Say the favor of God. Tell the person, the favor of God is protecting you like a shield. Your sins have been forgiven. Tell the person, be confident. Your sins have been forgiven. The Lord has washed you and you are clean. You are acceptable to him. In all that you do, you prosper as a sign of his righteousness. In all that you do, you prosper as a sign of his righteousness. It is well with your soul. It is well with your body. The spirit of Christ is in you. Is giving life to your mortal body. The spirit of Christ is in you. Is giving life to your mortal body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, please, I, I want you to close your eyes. Don't let that person go. You have caught somebody. Grab that person. 
But the person is going to do something for you. He's going to pretend. That is, now you are the one to do pretend. As if you have taken hold of your country, Nigeria. Now you grab like that. Are you getting my point? Now prophesy to this nation. Now look for somebody. If you can't find a chair, grab this chair. Say you are, if every, if you are, you know, grab somebody. Grab one person. If you, there's nobody, grab the wall. Say, just grab something. All right? Yes, sir. If you, okay, you have your Bible there, lift it up. Don't hold it like this. Lift it up like this. Looking at, hey, just grab somebody, grab something. And imagine you are talking to the country. Are you getting my point? Yes, now begin to bless this nation. Now begin to say to you, say, peace is upon you. Say, I am a light in this country. I'm a salt with you. Therefore, I declare peace is upon you. Every voice of trouble, every voice of war, I silence in the name of Jesus. I say, peace upon you. You will remain whole according to the counsel of God. You will not throw away your advantage. Every noisemaker in you will be silenced. Every noisemaker in you is silenced. Every noisemaker that's fomenting trouble, we silence it in the name of Jesus. See, I speak to you. The peace of God is upon you. I lift up the name of Jesus over you. And I say, He is the Lord that makes wars to cease. That Jesus is Lord over you. Jesus, the most high above the whole earth. He is ruler over you. That Jesus, the most high over the whole earth, is ruler over you. I declare that Jesus over Nigeria is ruler. And is a prince of peace. So receive the peace of Jesus. Receive the peace of Jesus. In the Hebrew, peace and prosperity, they mean the same thing. Shalom. Say, receive the prosperity of Jesus. Receive the progress of Jesus. Say, the gospel of Jesus, we are advancing you. The gospel of Jesus, we are advancing you. The gospel of Jesus, we advance in you. It will advance. Say it in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace of God that passes all understanding. It will come over you. I cast out of you the spirit of division as it is written. The Lord hates those that separate brethren. I leave that word of God over you, Nigeria. And I say the peace of God abides in you. I leave that name of God over you. The word which is exalted according to his name, together with his name. He said the Lord hates those who separate brethren. Therefore, I cast every hater of God, everything that God hates, I cast out of you in the name of Jesus. Every man that prospers from kidnapping, I command his end to come in the name of Jesus. They will not prosper anymore. Those who prosper from lying and killing and they abide in you, they will not prosper anymore. Those who prosper financially, materially, by lying in the name of God, we speak against them in you, Nigeria. They will not prosper anymore. This land will not be comfortable for those who lie in the name of Jesus Christ. We command their platforms to be taken out of you in the name of Jesus. This will not be a, pla- a place where lies are launched to the rest of the earth. No. But from you, Nigeria, from this land, we decree, I decree, say to Nigeria, that only the, the, the truth of God will be launched out of here. Just like Pa Elton prophesied, just like um, Rehon Bonki prophesied, 
the great thing that God wants to do in Africa and the rest of the world, it will launch out of you in the name of Jesus. Prophesy to Nigeria, prophesy. I want to hold something and be speaking. Let that thing stand like Nigeria for you. Let's begin to give the Lord thanks again. Let us begin to give the Lord thanks. Let's begin to give thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. You are the ruler of this earth. Just thank him. Thank him. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Father, we give you thanks for today. Thank you because you have something planned for us. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Please, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. You believe you give me an amen? Amen. I feel like saying it again. It's well with you in Jesus' name. In the time of trouble, peace is your own portion. You will not be disturbed. The Bible says those that believe, they will not be shaken. You will not be shaken in the name of Jesus. God will keep you in every area. He will bring peace to your environment. A blessing to where you live. In Jesus' name. All right, the Lord is good. Now, I want to just um, share, well, of course, when you are preaching like this, it's the same things we keep um, preaching again and again, just using different words to explain the same principle. And especially since um, things keep coming up and God keeps on um, giving us guides and instructions on how to respond to the things happening in life. Yeah, I found the scripture I wanted to read. It says Psalm 22. Yes, verse... Um, where I'm going is verse 28, but I'm just looking for where to break. Let's start from verse 25. It says, From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. He said, Let your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will worship before you. Now, where I want is verse 28. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is ruler over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow before him. Even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Verse 28 is the one I really wanted to bring out from there. He said, The kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. That's one of the things we should use all right, in prayer. The kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. If anybody tells you that anybody that likes wins election in Nigeria, it's a lie. It's against this scripture. That's Psalm 22, verse 28. Say the Lord is ruler over the nations. Don't ever forget that. All right, the Lord is good. Now, what I want to just share with us briefly today, like I was saying earlier, is what we have been discussing again and again. And I just want to talk about the power of praise. The power of praise. Let me start again. It's our school of prayer. There's something I always like to emphasize. Prayer is a continuous habit. What did I say? It's something the Bible says men ought always. Jesus was speaking. To pray. Paul said, pray without stopping. That's what he said. 
You must bear that in mind. What Paul said was, do what? Pray without stopping. I think they should use more contemporary you know, words that we use all the time to express these things. Pray without ceasing is not as real to us as pray without stopping. Now, how is it that somebody can pray and not stop? He's not going to drive. He's not going to eat. He's not going to walk. He's not going to chat with his friend. He's not going to talk to his wife, her husband. All right? But how are you going to pray without stopping? It's simple. Prayer must be a habit. Let me bring a correction to us again. Very important. Many people, what they do is to overturn their own prayers after they have prayed it. They think that there was something that um, Waluki said once where I was, or I came to teach in our church. He said, those that do the things that count, don't stop to count them. Very important statement. Now, I apply it like this. When people pray the most potent prayers, a lot of times they don't even know they are praying. That's what I want to bring up. Okay? I said to us before, in that Mark chapter 11, when Jesus cursed that tree and killed the tree, he was not praying. Yet it was a prayer, effectively. He was not planning to come back and check what would happen to the tree. What just happened was that he was passing. He saw a tree that annoyed him. Now, let me say something to you. If you are part of the body of Christ, say amen. Amen. If Christ's spirit is dwelling inside you, say amen. Amen. Say like you are really serious about it. Amen. If you are not like that, don't say amen. So I assume that if you said amen, you believe what you said. What it means is that what God is doing is birthing an identical person to Christ in you. Now, you see what I'm saying? So, when Jesus cursed that tree, don't ever forget. Let's just read this. It's to be read Bible, John. I'm always talking from my head. Quickly, let's go to the book of Mark chapter 11. Let's just take that one as our text today. Even though what I want to talk about is the power of praise, I'm still going to get there. So, I just want to introduce it by reminding us of this principle of prayer that we have used again and again. The book of Mark chapter 11. Let's just read that. What I'm trying to do is emphasize the fact that when Paul said, pray without stopping, it's practical. When Jesus said, men ought always to pray, it's very practical. Now, where we are going, let's just back up. Verse 12, on the next day when they left Bethany, he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples, his disciples were listening. Now then they went into the temple and they went to Jerusalem and all of the things that happened, happened. Let us um, jump all of those ones and get down to verse 19. It says in verse 19, When evening came, they would go out of the city. Verse 20, As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God, or literally, have the faith of God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. 
Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Let me just stop here. Now, verse 24, I've taught on it before. This is what I'm convinced about, he said. He said, if you can believe that you have received them. He wasn't trying to give you an instruction to believe here. He was giving you a condition upon which prayers are answered. Are you getting my point? He said, if you, he said, have the faith of God. Listen to me, I'm telling you. Anytime you pray, if you find the faith of God in your heart, whatever it is that you ask for, will be given to you. Are you getting my point? That's what he was saying. He was saying to what we talked about it before. I think we were talking about total faith or one of those faith series we did sometime last year or the year before. We talked about these things. So, what does it mean to have the faith of God? That's what we're trying to explain. That when Jesus got to that point, let's bear this in mind. Jesus did not come to pray about the tree. He was passing. There was no determination ahead of time to talk to that tree. I am convinced he was not that aware the tree was there. He was just passing, just, oh, look at the tree. Let's see whether we can find something on it. He did not know there was nothing on it. He was disappointed like anybody else. Do you understand? You know, you, you are hungry, you get to the house, you enter the kitchen. You see one pot, well balanced. Say, so, oh, thank God, though. You open it, they have just washed the pot. <laughs> and like, you know, you know, there's one, how many of you have heard of Ogun? God of Iron. You know, Yoruba um, culture. You know, if you go to the West, they don't put um, an empty calabash, an empty god of wine. You know what they call a god? G-O-U-R-D. All right? Of palm wine. They don't put it standing if it's empty. As a rule, you turn it on its side. You must put it on this. That's a culture. A wine bottle is empty. You're supposed to put it down. You don't leave it standing. Do you know why? Because it happened once that Ogun was traveling. He was a person. And then he was hungry and thirsty. And he was a drunkard. Right, he used to drink a lot. So he got somewhere, he saw you know, those uh, containers. So as he saw it, he began to rush there. He was so happy, feeling very good. He picked it, and it was empty. And he killed the farmer. He, not only him, he killed him, killed his wife, killed everybody around. He lost his temper and killed everything. After they made the guy God, <laughs> the culture was... And it's, that's Yoruba culture for you. You have a, a container of palm wine and it's empty, turn it on its side because it is believed that Ogun may just be passing. And that drunkard of a god, <laughs> if he finds it empty, he might behead somebody. That's where it started from. So it's that kind of disappointment that the Lord Jesus also experienced. He got to the tree and the tree was empty. He had reasons to be angry. And he spoke an angry word at a tree. Before we went to read it, I emphasized to us that we are all like Christ. That's what God is building us into. People that are exactly like the Lord Jesus. Now, when Jesus spoke the words, sorry, please, Lord, I just want to say something. I mean no disrespect. What I want to say is this. It was a careless word. Please, I'm borrowing the word careless so that we can adapt our lives to it. It was a careless word it came to pass. I don't know whether you get my point. You know, like I said, I'm just bringing the careless so we can relate with it. Jesus is not used to utter careless words, but I'm just borrowing that careless for us to know it was not a case of Lazarus was dead. It was not a case of the Syrophoenician woman brought the case of her daughter. It was not a case of, you know, um, my servant is sick, come home. It was just a case of, let me see whether I'll find something to eat there. And he got there, looked at the tree and said, nonsense tree. The way you and I will speak, the way a mother 
sometimes we tell the child, this useless child, you won't kill me, out of exasperation. Are you getting my point? Now, that's careless words. But for people that have spiritual power, every word is important. Every word is important, even when it is spoken in idleness. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Even when it's spoken in idleness, even when they are kind of joking, even when they, know, they are not really seriously thinking about it, just say, okay, what is going on in this country and the utter word. You are getting the gist. Every word. And that is why, let me just quickly say this, that's why God cannot lie. You must understand God cannot lie. It's not a discipline of morality. It is an incapacitation because of power. I don't know whether I get my point. That is, if you say, if you, if, if you and um, God are playing hide and seek, and then you hide somewhere, and he stands in front, and he says, hey, I'm looking for a maker. He said, he's not here. Once he says he's not here, you disappear from there. It is not, <laughs> it, it is not as if you, you now push him and start open the door, and they see you there. If the Lord stands at the door and says, a Mecca is not there, that's it, you have disappeared. And if he says, a Mecca is not anywhere, that's it, you have dematerialized. <laughs> Do you get my point? Yes. That's what he is like. That is why he cannot lie. Because once he opens his mouth and something comes out of it, the thing will form it. It will form. It will form. So, it is beyond just the discipline of God does not deceive people. You know, God cannot say he's white when it is black. He's a very honest God. That's looking at him at a low level. He cannot lie means that even if he just says it without meaning it, if he check it, it will be there. Why? He's the embodiment of power. His word is alive and active and able to do everything. That's how God is. And that is the same trait of himself he's putting inside all of us. And let me put it like this. He's releasing the doses small, small. Because he knows that we are too... <laughs> let me not say anything. If I release the full thing, these people will... In fact, their words are more powerful than an atomic bomb. They will just destroy too many things. You are getting the logic here. All right? But that's where, that's where he's going to. And you see, a man like Samuel, he released it into the life of Samuel. The Bible testifies that there was no word that Samuel spoke that fell to the ground. If the cloud is heavy and thick, rain is about to fall. And Samuel says, let us meet outside. And you say, sir, it's about to rain. And Samuel says to you, it will not rain. Instantly, God will instruct some angels. They will blow on the clouds. The clouds will disperse. The rain that was, in fact, the drops that are falling already will be reabsorbed back into the sky. Why? Because Samuel said to you, it will not rain. My emphasis today, all right, is to bring, us, bring it to our minds again. Please go and listen to our series, Habitation of God. We'll discuss it there. That is what God wants us to be, his representatives on the earth. So when we speak simple words, back to the Lord Jesus, he just went to the tree and said, I want to use our own words, rubbish and useless tree. That's it. And the tree just involuted and died. For that reason, now remember what he said, have the faith of God. Now, what is the opposite of the faith of God, the way we practice it? Now, the way I understand it from that context, this is what I think the Lord was teaching the people, that you are used to mustering your faith when you want to ask, make requests. 
you are used to mustering your faith. You know, you go on a seven days fast because you want to pray at the end of the seven days. What you are doing is that you are building your faith for seven days so you can ask God for something. I think what he was trying to say to them is that it's not supposed to be like that. Faith is supposed to be continuous with you. Continuous so that when you utter words and you are not even consciously praying about something, the words will still come to pass. I think that's what he was trying to tell them about the faith of God. It's a constant part of him. It is not something he drops. He says, okay, no, you know, I was just joking. He says something that he doesn't want to come to pass, yet he said it. You know, let me give an example. There's one bad one that a lot of us do organize things. Say, what time is the program? Say, mm, put it for, you know, they say 10 o'clock. Say, 10 o'clock. People will not come till 12. Yeah. So what do you do? Put it for 8.30. At least by 10, they will be there. Yeah. That is a satanic way of reasoning. He said, at least by 10, they will be there. So if you put it at 8.30, your mind wanted to start by 10. Let me tell you how to do as a Christian. Put it for 10. What time is this? Tell them it's 10 o'clock. Don't explain it. You know, because you are confusing your own ability to make divine decisions. Just tell them it is 10. If they let them come at 3. But you said it is 10, and you mean 10. Let, the, let them be the ones that are sent. <laughs> not to not be you that fix the time. They will not turn into a culture African time. You know why they used to call something African time, by the way? For those who don't know. I may be wrong, but that's what I think. Africans didn't have clocks and watches. So when you said evening, evening started by... <laughs> so maybe evening will start by 4. So everybody that heard evening will come from between 4 and 6.30. But when there are watches, we don't say that anymore. When I say, what is the time? Six. They were supposed to go there by six. I'm going to say something here. That when we talk about the faith of God, it's supposed to be something that is constant with us. So we don't say things that if they were to be taken literally, it will hurt us. Now, I've said this before, Christianity is not a joke. It's only by the grace of God that is doable. When not for the grace that is realized through Jesus, nobody can successfully be a Christian. Because Christians don't crack jokes that cannot be taken literally. That's a tall one, right? If the joke cannot be taken literally, God doesn't like Christians cracking it. Let me leave the standard. Like I said before, I'm not allowed to think. Even if I disobey this and I've said, don't worry, it's my sin. But as a teacher of the word, I must tell you what? The truth. Let's lift up the standard of Christ there. Let's all walk towards it. And Solomon said it like this. He said, like a madman who casts firebrands and arrows, so is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? And you know the truth? If you imbibe that thing, there are many jokes, all right, that, are very, that if they were to be taken literally, they would still be good and edifying, and they are just as funny. Oh, there are plenty. If you just found the culture, I remember there's an illustration I like to use once in a while. 1989, SAP riots. closed our schools. We were home for five months. During that period, my friends, of course, we used to go and hang out together. I had to learn basketball because a lot of the boys played basketball. So I learned basketball. Of course, I didn't learn basketball as a child. I learned, as a child, I learned uh, football, uh, table tennis. Those are the two main games we learned, all right? So you know the, all the rules. Basketball was a new game to me. So the rules were difficult. They'll give me the ball. I want to move away. They say, 
the referee will blow his whistle, traveling. Ah! Then you want to throw, somebody blocks you, you go down and say, blow whistle, up and down. Now your legs went up, you didn't release the ball. Ah! Then the man tries to throw the ball, you block it from his side and say, hey, another foul. I fouled every, every five seconds, there was a foul. Finally, I made up my mind that these boys are cheating me. That they know I don't know this thing. So they I remember one of the guys said, look, bank is not like that. These are the rules of the game. I said, no. It's hard. Ah, they're now playing the game that we are watching every time. Everybody going up and down. <laughs> ah. Because every time I take the ball, you, you guys use whistle to finish my life. After a few weeks, I learned the rules. I could now play without anybody blowing on me. Are you getting my point? Now, why am I saying this? I'm just in that illustration to let you know that when I was first starting, it looked difficult. It was as if people were treating me very badly. But it was just because I did not understand the rules. And the Bible says like this, my ways are simple to those who understand. That's what God says. If you understand, my ways are not hard. So when you see Christianity sometimes looking very hard, like I said, you cannot crack a joke as a true believer. That if it was to be taken literally, it would not, you wouldn't like the result of it. If you learn that, you'll find that you'll be as funny as anybody in Nigeria, but your jokes will be good. After all, we have comedians that don't crack vulgar jokes. But a typical American comedian does not believe. No, unbelieving comedian, not American alone. They don't believe it is possible to crack jokes and they are not vulgar. But yes, when you are brought up with the idea that, no, I can't be vulgar. In fact, in his later days, Richard Pryor hated the fact that he had to build his career on vulgar jokes. He said it was not necessary, except that he was old when he realized it. Richard Pryor, one of the most successful comedians of all time in the United States. Now, I'm talking about the fact that we can make some things habits. That's what I'm going to emphasize. As believers, we can make even cracking jokes be in the order of the faith of God. That's where I'm going. We can bring it to the order of the faith of God. Because everything we say with our mouth, I was saying at the beginning, we are praying constantly. That's where I began this from. When I say pray without season, that's what it means. Every time your words contain power. That's why I began with the story of the Lord Jesus. He was not praying per se at that point. He just spoke in anger. And you saw what happened to the poetry. He just spoke in anger. <laughs> Do you remember the day man did me something? I kept quiet. And he said, oh, guy, but this happened in front of my shop. Now you should come and pay. I looked at him. I began to drive up. My chief was in the car. She said, okay, let's give him some money. I said, chief, please just leave this guy. I said, there's a reason why I'm not answering him. I said, I'm so angry now. If I open my mouth, he will die. So let me move before I kill somebody. And I don't mean I didn't have a gun. I wasn't going to come down from my car. I was going to just open my mouth and tell him one thing. I was going to tell him, you, it will not be well with you. And I will drive off. And that guy would never prosper in life. Because I was provoked to a level. I had to shut my mouth. I'm talking about the faith of God. In our country of today, you hear, you see, what's that as a joke? You see where it has gone now? What's that like somebody trying to agitate for whatever it is? See where it, where it, where it has reached. And listen, let me tell you, what the Bible calls, what I call, echoes of accusation. If you read my book, By Faith, Acquire Life, I explain the inside there. There's what I call echoes of accusation. When you start hearing things like this here and there, that is what is happening, that's what Satan is pleading before the judgment throne of God in heaven. 
And God depends on you and me to turn the tide and silence those voices. Why am I talking about it? Because many Christians, they only do such things when it's prayer time. When they come to church, let us pray. There is peace in this country. Yeah, there is peace in this country. Then when they get home, let's face it, these boys know what they are saying. There is marginalization. Nigeria needs to be restructured. They start opening their mouth and talking nonsense. What is nonsense? Anything God has not told you. Any opinion that is in agreement with that which is popular in um, the beer parlor is nonsense. Any opinion you have that if I enter a bus, public transport, and most people there will hold that opinion, it's a lie. It's nonsense. Any opinion that is not generated by the revelation of the word of God is nonsense. Now remember, Jesus had a reason to be provoked. True of us. So no matter how right you think you are, if you open your mouth, trees still die. Uh, you, you are getting what I'm going to say here. Trees will still die. That's what I'm trying to explain. Trees will still die. Christians still make this mistake of limiting their prayer power to the time of what they call prayer. Five in the morning, they've woken up to pray. They have another time of prayer in the evening. Church calls prayer early Saturday morning. All night on Friday, they call prayer. So, maybe four hours, okay, let's say 30 minutes morning, 30 minutes evening, weekends, church calls prayer, and then they join the prayer. And they think that's the time of prayer. And they think that is what they say at such times that are, the most, that are the most important things that they are saying. But when they get to the office in the morning, they are provoked by trees that did not produce the altar. They are provoked by salaries that are not paid on time. They altar something. You get what I'm saying here? They altar words about the president about the acting president, about the senate president, about the country as a whole, when they are provoked. Is that provocation I'm trying to emphasize? Because that's, Satan knows what he's doing now. That is when he, won't, he knows that it is the time, he must, must know something. It is when you are tested that your words are most powerful. That's it. When something is, because it's the words you speak from inside, not the one somebody tells you, repeat after me. Because you, you don't know what's inside you until pressure is put on you. It's pressure that lets you know what's inside you. There are things that are built up inside people they don't know is there. You know why? There's no pressure. Look at this. <laughs> Sorry, I get I'm, I, I keep abreast of what's going on around. This man that um, <laughs> our billionaire kidnapper. What am I talking about? His story. And why did you start kidnapping? It was when custom seized my goods worth 25 million. I don't believe him, but let's assume he was telling the truth. That's how you know you're a thief. It was when pressure came that thiefery, <laughs> that crooked spirit, that was when it came out. If you're prosperous, why would you steal? That would be putting your comfort in jeopardy. But you're a thief, you will know when you're hungry. You will know when you need something and you can't have it. You will know when custom seizes your 25 million goods and you now join the other guys and start kidnapping people. That's why you know you're a kidnapper. It's not the customs that seize your goods, which they seize because it is something was wrong. They didn't seize because they didn't like your village, <laughs> which is what Nigerians like to say. They seized my goods just because they know the village I come from. <laughs> but the pressure inside, I'm trying to say, brings out what is inside us. Pressure does that. All right? 
So it is at such times that God, our words are most powerful. You get to the office, they've not paid your salary in two months. So this, and if finally God knows that it will come this day, praise God. Then as you are there, you go in the morning, you saw a lot. It is 65% of only this month. The other two months, they have not released it. It's what we see at such times that matters. That's what I'm going to emphasize. That's what I'm talking about, praying always. We can pray all the time. We can make prayer a Christian habit. I told you before that my classmates at the point in time, because they had a child group, and I remember. One of them said, look, I don't understand this your own sense of patriotism. I said, it is because the world has many of your types. Because I always spoke positively about everything. Everything, no matter what. I will have a positive word to drop. Some of my guys there, who's also a believer, said, sometimes you wonder, is this patriotism that's my issue? I said, you don't understand. The country, the world has many people on your side. But it has few people on my side. And because it's a believer, I dropped a word. I said, don't forget we do not wrestle against F and B. I put down, only those who have been reading the Bible will know what I'm talking about. He didn't reply because, yes, because he's a believer. I said, our words are weapons. I'm not just commenting. Let me use to these words, I'm praying. You want me to just comment like you? I'm weakening my ability to have impact. I'm weakening my, you know, that's what's happening. I'm weakening my ability to release the power of God into the air if I just comment like everybody else. Sometimes, just shut your mouth. If you have nothing to say, just be silent. Like I say all the time concerning believers, your words are not just commentaries. That's how you release spiritual power. Don't ever forget it. Your words are not just commentaries. That is how we release spiritual power. If we open our mouth, we are releasing spiritual power. If we understood that, the way we will behave will be very, very different. That's why God has helped me with that. I don't I, look. My children know that I flog people. One day, my daughter told one of the brothers, "Say, if daddy will flog you, you won't go to church." Something led to it. You know, she's is what you know spoke out of the things she has suffered. What her hands have handled concerning the woman. <laughs> they know that. I believe very strongly. It's literal. You that the father loves, he chastises. That chastise is not you don't chastise with word, you chastise with something that the skin can feel. He said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You know? Hugging and kissing will drive it away. You know the real scripture. Are you getting my point? Now, what am I trying to say? But the children don't know I can say something negative about anybody. It's hard. They've never heard me tell them. Any one of them that you are stupid. They have never heard it. The worst I've ever said to any of these children that God has given me the job of raising, I remember the day I said it. because it was, I was so angry. I asked one of my sons. I was so angry. I said, are you deaf? It was a question. Yet, I had to apologize to him later. It's, it was striking to me because I had never said it. One of the boys did the other, some the other day. I said, this wicked spirit is coming out. The boy said, amen. I was flogging him. <laughs> I said, he said, amen. Because it was prayer with flogging. 
But something negative? No, not from my mouth. No, no, it won't happen. That's why when it comes to kids, ah, you're not commenting. You are, you are praying. Each time you open your mouth, you're praying. I said to you the other day, I was, um, I asked my son, how was your exam? That's um, WAEC. He said something, I just said, oh, don't worry, the Lord will show you favor. And I entered the house, the room. My wife said, ah, I like the way you reacted to that. I didn't even know I reacted. She was the one that pointed out to me that when he finished telling me everything that happened, something happened, I said, don't worry, the Lord will show you favor. It was supposed to be like a greeting, you know? One day I dropped the same boy in school. I said, have a nice day. He said, thank you. I said, come back. He came back. I said, have a nice day. He said, amen. I said, now you can go. <laughs> he was about to cry. come back, come back. Have a nice day. He said, amen. I said, now you can go. I'm not greeting you. I'm blessing you. You can make it into a habit. That's the point I'm making. I'm not saying, my, uh, for me, I never said anything negative. I'm just saying, to those children, that's what I'm saying. Because early, I learned that one very, very early. And when it came to come, to come to the country, also God has helped me. Because there are things I've been trained with. And I want us to understand, so prayer can be a constant thing. Let's bear it in mind. This is our mouth. Let me say another thing. You know, you must understand when God doesn't have an option. No. What do I mean? If you don't do the job, nobody will do it. If you and I don't do what we are supposed to do in praying and uttering the right words, negative things will happen and the Lord will be watching like this. There are things the Lord wants to do. The Bible says he sought for a man. There was nobody to help. So he did what he did not want to do. So let's bear it in mind. We have responsibilities. We have duties. I'll give us some practical tips. You know, have, have you heard this uh, gist about uh, one man from the north calling one man from Lagos, uh, from the west, uh, Kunle, <laughs> Kunle, one Kunle? Apparently, they said that's supposed to be one northern governor talking to Ibikunle uh, Amos. Now, of course, the moment I heard it the first time, I told my wife then. And it was forwarded to her, this was not even the recent one, one some, some time ago, by a big minister in town. A minister of the gospel was one forwarding it around. Not asking for prayer for you to see what these northerners are doing. When my wife she, she gave it to me, I listened to it. I said, this thing is a lie. How do I know it's a lie? I said, who recorded it? I don't know whether I get my point. Who recorded it? You must be, be careful. You know, there was one, somebody, in my class group, somebody for that one today. He said, Lord Lugard, 18... Maybe 1888 or something like that. One particular year. Let me just give one odd year. Let's just say 18, 1825. All right? I'm not saying that's the year, but let's just give that. I deliberately went off so that I can't be quoted because I know the year I'm giving is wrong. He said, concerning the house of Fulani, he wrote a lot of negative things. Concerning Yorubas, wrote a lot of negative things. And then concerning Ibos, wrote a lot of negative things. All of them negative. And they said it was handover notes from Lord Lugard to another person. As typical of me, my wife has gotten used to it. I said it's a lie. Somebody said, how do you know it's a lie? I said, some things are just unreasonable. Number one, Lord Lugard is writing. He has said nothing about at least 50% of the rest of the country. In case you don't know, House of Fulanese, Ibos, and Yorubas are not the majority if they are put together. If you put the other so-called minorities together, 
In case you don't know, people in Benue, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Kogi plate, they are not house and all those people. People in um, <clears throat> Delta, Cross River, uh, this thing, they are not they are not Igbos. So these are not just you, are you getting my point? I said, number one, Lord Luca is not likely to have written this. Secondly, so he's saying that his whole life is a waste, his whole Nigeria. Anyway, let me get on to you. I don't believe this. These days, Robert Mugabe has been saying everything. Have you noticed? Yeah. <laughs> everything, Robert Mugabe. Everything, Robert Mugabe. I say, you should leave this old man alone. And so, some people don't even know that these things are just jokes. And they say, Robert Mugabe said, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Robert Mugabe said, they are quoting, like I said, they are quoting scripture. <laughs> Another of my friends, that should not responded to that one. He said, that was supposed to be handover note in so and so year. He said, it's not possible because that was not the year Lord Lugard ended his tenure as Governor General of Nigeria. He gave the correct year, which was like a year or two after that. He said, by dates alone, we know that is not true. He says, handing over note. Say false. This one that people, you know, people talking, uh, uh, the, the man from the, the uh, supposed, to be, supposed to be Shetima to the Bikule Amoso guy. Both of them now went on there. In fact, Shetima added a clip. That, that is, just listen to the clip of my interview on TV and listen to that voice. If it sounds like my voice to you, let me know. That the actor, because the first day I heard it, I told my wife, these are actors now. I said, these people are obviously acting, but some of us are so gullible. <laughs> we believe everything. Some people will argue with you. Yes. Richard Mufedamijo is, is, is married to, to Omotola. Why? I saw them on television. <laughs> are you like, he's not, he's a no. I said, I know Omotola's husband now. No, it is RMD. Why? I saw them on TV. They were living in the same house. They will show them lying down the same bed. I say it's called acting. But people don't realize that acting is not only the, the people act with the right scripts. Anyone who can eat, who can who cannot finish gala without unwrapping it completely cannot keep a secret. Nam the way, 1942. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds like a joke. After people are folding up and they cut the portion of it they want and start folding it up and down. Whoever says nothing lasts forever has not tried house of perfume. Queen Elizabeth, 1855. <laughs> no, I see it. They fought it around. The problem is that some of them, like the one I've quoted now, we know the idea, but some of the other ones, they are as untrue as these ones, but people choose to take them literally and start falling up and start inciting anger and hatred. In case you don't know, that's Shetima to Amosuten. You know where I actually heard it recently? I don't know who, maybe it's my wife's driver, because I entered my car, I found my radio tuned to Radio Biafra. I put on my car. Yes, on Saturday. And I was hearing a awesome man talk. I said, ah, this is Radio Biafra now. And I heard, Kunle, <clears throat> Kunle, it was going to swipe. That day, we were asking what I was doing in the car. I sat in the car, and I was listening. And this guy was playing a drama. He did not realize it. Finally, when he was finished, the Radio Biafra commentator now came on air. He said, look at all the lies they are telling against us. They have t- twisted the truth. He said, this man, you must be a thorough fool. You cannot even identify drama. 
Only for me to open the news yesterday. And these two, the two guys said, please, oh, no be also. That's not my voice, oh. And my voice is open. Please go and compare. Because they labeled it with their names. Two actors playing. I know, you know in Nigeria, anybody, I remember the days of Jagadai Sukoya. I was an old man before I realized Jagadai was not a Yoruba man. As a child, I did not know now. Because the guy spoke a kind of Yoruba that an average Yoruba man does not know. If you ever heard me say Shampongeleteo, I learned it from him. <laughs> His name, you know, as, as children, you are grown up, Jagede Sukoya, Jagede Sukoya. It didn't cross my mind that the man was not a Yoruba man. I was already, you know, I don't grow very well. I said, the man is from, is he Imo or somewhere? Are you serious? Are you joking? That this, his own was not just the language, you know, the mannerism, the way he carries his cap, the way he walks, the way he knocks his cap on his Look perfect. So the man could act anything. Bisi Olatilo speaks the three major Nigerian languages fluently without accent. So what's the big deal? Anybody can act anything. But the point I'm just making is that you know, I thought about these things. I said, okay, so where will it end? Because these are spiritual issues. So who are God's battle axes to turn the tide? That's what I'm making. It's just the believers. They're the ones that will pray and drive the spirit around, away. And then number two, they are the ones that will never, no matter the provocation, forward anything that does not bring forth unity, joy, and rest of... Are you getting my point? You see, being a Christian... Eh, it's a, it's a serious assignment. It's a very serious assignment. If people, look, if people are not angry with you yet, your Christianity is not, it never mature. Look, you will just be disagreeable. That is in quotes now. Everything you say, you don't agree. No, these are reputations I've had. President Passenger was in office for eight years. I was his ally for eight years. He left. I transferred my allegiance to Yaradua. Jonathan took over. I transferred my allegiance. Why? He's the head of state. That's what God says. I did not vote for Buhari. As soon as he came into office, ah, my classmates labeled me Buhari Dean. Said this man must be a Buhari Dean. I said, leave it like that. It's the work of God I'm doing. It's the commandment of God. He said, I said, when you see, when you see what is wrong, you should speak. <laughs> Start laughing. Speak to who? <coughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. Speak to who now? Speak to you so that we can annoy each other. Then we can't pray again. Then our prayer suddenly gets a new tone. We get home. Let us pray. Father, anybody that says we will not progress, only go fire. Prayers of anger, you know, confusion. People say, speak. Speak to who? Speak on the pages of newspaper and turn the hearts of the multitude against authority, against each other. Is that what you call speaking? If you wanted to speak, write a letter. Send it to those in power. They will get the letter. You'll be surprised. They get the letter. If they don't answer you, write again. Keep writing. I think I told me one day, in the morning, Bagbaba on his gate, he saw a truck of uh, Air Force men. A few of them were inside the car. They came to deliver a letter, a reply from the commander of the, whoever the, in charge of the Air Force base here. Why? Because one day, he saw what was not right. He sat and crafted a very long letter and sent to the man, accusing his men of wrong driving on the express. 
And that is their first men. Nobody can talk to them. And the accident will happen one day. They will hold the civilian responsible. The man replied, though, and sent his men in the morning to come and deliver his reply. Now, that tells you that the man has read the letter and he has warned his men, say, guys, see you. Civilians are coming about you already. But of course, I know know good or guys. They will not tell you that that my men are are irresponsible. No. The normal thing they do, they will defend their men. They will now turn around and say, boys, did you see this letter? Did you see this letter? It came from one of your neighbors. Anybody I find, I will court martial the person. But he will write to you, say, no, my men are disciplined. Don't worry. Please don't be angry. That's how I, that's complaint. That is talk. Not you go to the page of newspaper, Facebook. <laughs> anyway. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Listen, God needs you and me. That's the point I want to make. He does. We can make praying a habit. That's where I began this from. Don't let anybody, because Satan is always recruiting people. Oh, Satan is out recruiting every day. And the same manner God is recruiting. God created you for a purpose, just like he, of course, in the same way he made Isaiah to be a prophet. Yet he began to shout in Isaiah's hearing. He said, who shall we send? Who will go for us? Did he not make Isaiah to be a prophet? Yet he said, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah had to say, ah, I'm here now. Send me. That's it. God goes around calling people. Respond to me. Somebody answer me. Come with me. Walk with me. Satan every day is trying to tempt people. Talk with me. And I keep on recommending this book. If you have not read it by now, you are not my friend. Final Quest by Rich Joyner. Joyner, what I like about it, what I keep on recommending about it is that he said that many Christians are working for the devil. They join the devil in accusing the brethren. They join the devil in scattering the society. I feel sorry for a lot of Christians because the kind of, you know, I'm not the type that normally will pray fire prayers, but they get some fire, kind of fire prayers as I pray, you know. I say, God, anybody who opens his mouth, I'll just be inciting, you know, disturbance spiritually and all of that. God shut him down. And God hears such prayers. I didn't, I didn't say die by fire. I just said what? Shut him down. Next you go and see, you, you, <laughs> we start in church. Police will come and lock the door. You won't know why. <laughs> It's because some of us pray and say, Lord, those who are lying in your name, who are inciting division amongst brethren, shut them down. Then you'll now be angry with terrified that time. <laughs> you will know it is a prayer of your own brethren that said, if you will not stop doing things that are satanic, instead of things that are on the side of God, you should be shut down. The Lord is good. So let's bear it in mind. That's where I began that from. That prayer is supposed to be what? A habit. It's something we do all the time. When we are passing comments about the situation of the country, it's prayer. When we are passing comments about the church, it is with a prayerful attitude. We keep on adding a prayerful attitude. in the, We add prayerful words to the things that we say because we have an attitude of prayer in our hearts because we recognize that it's our job. It's our job. It's our job. This one, that what do you call it? Um, different parts of the country, Rondell. I don't know those group of people. Rondell. Yes. How they came up with that name, I don't even know. Okay, Republic of Niger Delta. Region of Niger Delta, Rondell. Okay, now. These guys should go into public relations advertising. They will make money. Look at the way they, they coined that name. 
Everybody is coming up with his own now. Like I said, voices of accusation. This is the time when Christians, honestly, we should organize a program. We're not talking politics, but we just make sure that people with different names, preachers from different parts of the country, with different names are the ones that are there. And what I would do, we're just worshiping. Then different people will preach. We hug each other, eat food, break bread. Yes. And this, this is the kind of time we should call a national conference. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about any other thing. No. We're not even going to directly. Well, of course, when we are praying, we, we, we add that to our prayer points. But we just want to strengthen the bond of what? Unity. People from different parts of the country. Of course, with pure hearts. So. Are you getting my point? Because I keep on saying that is the problem God has. Because if you hear the other day, Presbyterian Church had this issue. They had decided a new church called the Reformed Presbyterian Church. Why? The quarrel was on where would the chairman of the council for the year come from? Whether it's from a boy or not. You know, those kind of funny things. When Christians are still listening to a, how many Igbo men are on the board of Redeem? And the one assembling us of God say, eh, how many Yorubas are on the board of assemblies of God? Then the one say, eh, okay, how many South South people are on the board of Equa? When we start doing things like that, God will soon shut us down. Go and read Revelations. What do you want to take boys to do anyway? The, the other day, in my fellowship, my alumni fellowship, we needed to change our board of trustees for certain reasons, many reasons, but we needed to reconstitute it because of um, some people had moved abroad, you know, there are people who have you know, passed on and gone home to be with the Lord. So we needed to reconstitute our board of trustees. We so just say, what, are, what is board of trustees? We're explaining. I didn't know they had not put up my hand. I was the president that time. I was ending my tenure. I said, don't forget to, if this body commits a crime, you are the one police we arrest to. <laughs> People don't know that part of it. Too. Remember, but this is the law. Because as a legal entity, you can commit a crime. And when they have to arrest, <laughs> they go to the board of trustees, collect all of you one by one, and put you in the same cell. And lock cell, we have locked Kingdom World Ministries up. <laughs> And then, if people don't realize these things, if they now award a judgment against you, and the ministry doesn't have money to pay, uh, <coughs> there's a reason why you are called board of trustees. You hold both the assets and the liabilities. <laughs> now, but the point is, what are we rushing for for all of these things? Now, I am convinced, if we can solve our own internal problems, God will find it very easy to solve national problems. If we can solve our internal problems, if, if assemblies of God can stop embarrassing us with having a roof, I shut their church, their school, and their hospital because they can't seem to... Okay, just, you know, just by the way, there's one place where I slightly differ from a man like, um, what's his name now? Business by the book. Larry Bucket. Larry Bucket believes that a Christian should never sue a Christian. And he asked scriptures for it. And I agree with him. The only side of it which I said he should add to it is that Christians should have an arbitration. It's not as if anytime a Christian offends you, you just take it. You should have a place to go. The Bible recommends you take him to the elders. And then, what we don't know, the judgment of the elders is more dangerous than national judgment. Oh, it's more dangerous. Because their own is backed with spiritual law, it's backed by angels. If you are anointed, they can join hands and deliver you to Satan. And Satan will kill you. 
I told you about one governor in Nigeria. The elders of his church excommunicated him. And that's it. He disappeared from politics after a while. His problem began. When I heard the gist later, I was surprised. It was the elders of his church as a sitting governor that excommunicated him. And his seat was no longer comfortable. The judgment of elders, dangerous. And the problem is that <laughs> you, you won't realize it. They say, okay, we have decided. You say, no, I will not agree. I'm dragging the matter to court. They'll do like this in front of you. Say, Elder John, give me your shoe. They shake the dust. <laughs> I can't do that. You go kneel down, say, okay, I don't go anywhere. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, just, that's just my own. You know, sometimes I think some of our crises, we should, if, if I'm involved in PFN can, I will explain that to them. You should have, a, and you can even get it legal. You know, just, you know it's a spiritual body, but you can just make sure the men understand even normal arbitration. They can go for arbitration training, and then they, of course, back to his plenty scripture with a clean heart. We don't understand the judgment of God, because you go ask Ananias and Sapphira, when you lie in presence of the Holy Spirit, you say, Princess, because they were not Christian, God does not kill Christians. I don't know the one he said. And that's as I give their lives to Christ. But they now decide to be lying in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God do them like this. Why did God do that? The church at that time was very pure. Yeah, they were the first people introducing nonsense into it. Now, why God doesn't do that is that <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Everybody goes there. Ah, if I start killing, they will think it's Rwanda. You leave this matter. It's the church of Christ. Let's leave it. Now, my point is just that if we got our acts together, we can solve it. But if we did that and we came together, we didn't say anything. We don't address Rondell matter, Biafra matter, Arewa matter, Odudua matter, OPC. We just sit down and say, oh, we hug each other, we play, and we share communion. We declare there is one Lord, one faith. One father, who, you know, you declare all of those things and everybody go home. All those evil spirits. Sorry, don't tell him this. You just hear that now they can't fell sick. You won't know why. They'll fly him to Israel. You know he's not a Jew. <laughs> They'll fly to Israel. They'll go and stay there. You won't know why. And the rabbis will be praying for him while everybody is prospering in Nigeria. I'm telling you, the Lord is good. So let's be careful with our comments, is our prayers. When we open our mouth, we must be speaking the counsel of God. You may think you're just passing a comment, but you're actually releasing spiritual power. The question I'm asking is, are you walking on God's side, or are you walking on Satan's side? We are supposed to be what? Praying continually. And let me say something. It's in your room, is the same thing. No? When you're chatting with your friend, with your wife, that's where it begins from. That's where it begins from. I hope you've gotten my point. Maybe next time I'll continue what I want to talk about, about the power of praise. I want to talk about magnifying God all the time. Let's just rise to our feet. I'm watching my time. Today is a Tuesday. I know many of us went to work. Let's just pray a little bit, so, you know, a little bit more, and um, we'll close. Let's begin to give the Lord thanks again for kindness worthy to work with him. You know, God always has his own people in every situation, in every place. He has his own people, his own people that he has called you to be one of his own people. Let's just give him thanks for that. Let's thank him for our country, and let's begin to declare that the men that cause division, they won't have their way in our land again. Let's just do that. We did it earlier. Let's declare the word of God again. Let's just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we stand at the salt of the earth. 
We stand as the light of the world. Let's begin to declare, say, we stand as the salt of the earth, and we stand as the light of the world. Let's declare good again concerning our country. Begin to declare that I love the brethren. We are one body. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one hope.